When I went to write the sermon, I was very tempted to ask if I was really needed. Why, why would you need to hear me speak when you can hear these wonderful people sing? <laughs> Siblings in Christ, let us pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing to you. And may we make music that brings joy to all of us. Amen. Music is what I want to talk about this morning. Music and Thanksgiving, and it hardly seems a better Sunday to talk about it. When I began writing, I tried to define music for myself and found it impossible. Music is something I love, something that has built every part of my life, something I do, something I will always do. I was very lucky in the music education I grew up in. My high school band was a quarter of our school, over 300 people. Our marching band was the second largest in the state of Iowa, second only to the University of Iowa. We're bigger than two of the state universities. The teacher I had for three years was uh, Nick Propes. We called him Papa Bear Propes because he was slightly scary when he was angry, but mostly giant cuddly bear of a human being. He taught sort of the middle level band and then one of our other directors, Mr. Anderson, taught the highest level bands. Uh, I'll tell you a little secret that I didn't tell Propes until after I graduated. I could have worked my butt off and probably gotten into the highest band if I really, really wanted to, but I intentionally flubbed my audition for senior year to stay in the band with Probes. Because I always knew a little bit that Mr. Anderson would make you the best player in that band. He'd teach you how to hit all the notes, hit the dynamics, which sometimes we ignored, um, tuning, which was not a thing in marching bands. But Probes taught you how to love making music. And I have found that far more useful than anything else that I have learned about any instrument I've ever played. How to love making music. Music is change. Music is silence. Music is every emotion we can name and many, many that we cannot. Music is everything that we are and everything that God is. I know that it has been said so many times recently how much change we've been through in the last few years, but I'm going to say it again because we've been through so much change in the last few years. And in many ways, no matter what the last few years could have or would have looked like, there would have been so much change. Change in life is terrifying, but change in music is necessary. It's the change we're listening for, the next note and the one after that. Sometimes change can still rub us wrong. Dissonance and notes can be just as grating as dissonance in our lives. But that discord makes the resolution interesting. It makes the resolution worth it. Beauty made sweeter by knowing how sweet it is in comparison. Notes made sweeter by the silence in between them by the appreciation of having something where you could be missing it. In all of this, we see music and we see life. 
At the concert last night, Dr. Ferdinand had a wonderful quote from one of their pieces. I confess I was not able to get it down exactly, but the gist is, all that are alive on earth are loved and aligned at birth. I would like to take the liberty of amending it slightly to say all that are alive on earth are aligned in music. Music tells our stories, holds our histories, and our hopes for our futures. Music conveys those emotions for which there are no words. Music is inevitable. I found a beautiful quote online that says, consciousness is a kind of music that one day God began humming to themselves. We ask why, but we know the answer because we have sung to empty kitchens while doing the dishes. There are kinds of silence that are pure potential, that are beauty demanding to be born. There will always be music, because we will always make music. God will always make music, in us and in the world. I find myself so incredibly blessed to have the music in, the life, in my life that I do. The music program in this church in Kalamazoo is above and beyond the reason I chose to stay here after graduation. When I started at this church seven years ago, the choir had, I think, about 25 people. The bell choir, maybe about eight. I remember going back to, going off to study abroad with a guarantee that my robe and folder would be here waiting for me when I got back. I think it was about a month in that I got an email going, hey, you know how we told you we'd save you your folder? Yeah, we had to give it away. Um, we also had to order more folders and robes twice. The bell choir is now about 13, the choir is about 45. And that is a very impressive number in any church choir, much less after a pandemic that tried very hard and very unsuccessfully to take away music. Though I know it was much more work for Corey, I greatly enjoy the pandemic relic of having a large number of recorded piano pieces that I can listen to at work. I have to have music to focus, but I can't have words or I lose focus. Um, and then I have 19 technicians wondering why their annual reviews aren't written, but I know all of the words by memory to Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> we do things here with music that very, very few other church choirs can do or get the opportunity to do. Listening to the Jason Max Ferdinand singers last night and this morning was listening to God's work in the world listening to this choir, to the, our church choir, to Corey, to Cindy every Sunday, is listening to God's work in the world. We are so, so blessed. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Worship God with gladness. Come into God's presence with singing. I feel like it is wrong to end this message without singing. So if you will all indulge me, and Corey will indulge me, can you please join with me in singing the last verse of when, our, when in our music God is glorified together again, number 264 in your hymnal.